Welcome to Grateful Scripts, and I'm your host, Lindsay Paulson. Join us as we dive in each week to talk healing, adulting, and resources for trauma, life, and just showing up for one another. Together, we are going to learn everything our parents forgot to teach us in a community of grace and humility. Grab the coziest blanket you have, some snacks, snuggle up, and be ready to digest the best script that anyone can prescribe. This is The Grateful Script. Welcome back to Grateful Scripts, and I am your host, Lynn Paulson, and we had to kind of switch the lineup. Um, so I know that we are still looking forward to having Allie on board. We just had to kind of pivot some things, but I brought you the queen herself this week. Oh so, my God, I hate you. <laughs> the queen herself. So Whitney Rose here, and y'all know that I am obsessed with her, and so we, I was actually laughing because in the background it says Taylor Swift all too well side girl version. And I said, well, this is busy. autumn version. Get it right. As we're sitting here drinking martinis recording this podcast. So basically, welcome, welcome to Whitney. And now I'm going to embarrass her and have her tell you a little bit about herself and how we met. So go ahead. Okay, first, I'm terrible at talking about myself. Um, my name is Whitney. I am 30. I am divorced. I am from Eastern Kentucky. I'm an attorney. I uh, am a criminal defense attorney. And I also do some family law here and there. Um, I'm obsessed with cats. <laughs> Truly punches. And yeah, that's about it. And how did we find you? Well. We really want to do that. <laughs> so I'll tell the story about when we found Oh, God. So my husband texts me and says, there's a lady outside in our driveway, and I think she needs a friend. It was 4th of July. It was the subdivision party, and I needed Trulies. So there was a liquor store at the front of the subdivision. So rather than walk, which was she like took her bicycle, and I can't ride a bicycle at all. And Jason stopped me on my way, gave me a truly like a creep. Yep. And I drove da- drove my bicycle down. They gave me a paper bag with a 12-pack, which does not go well on a bicycle. I wrecked the bicycle. The cans went everywhere. I and our other sweet neighbor had to take you. <laughs> I had road rash all over both my arms. I was skinned up. It was awful. Yeah, and my husband says, I think she might just need a friend. And I, then, I was like, oh my gosh, he has made friends with like some homeless bum that he has found outside. And this person is going to be like a scary, and then I show up and it's sweet little Whitney and the rest is history. Yeah. Now, now we never left. <laughs> We're best friends. So. And Jason regrets that every day. Um, But basically, I said, I wanted to get First of all, I will be transparent. Whitney is probably one of the first and only people that whenever I was going through like a really stressful time that we both openly talked about being in therapy and like it wasn't like a shame bucket fest. It was, you know, this is what happened. And then I remember when you were going through your divorce, I was like, we've got to, you've got to get into some therapy. And so it's just been a very healthy like conversation about mental health, a healthy conversation about trauma. Um. Wrecking the bicycle, maybe we've been both needed. 
That's probably what, did. That's probably what happened. The Lord was like, I'm going to dump this lady in your driveway. And You're now, both crazy. Now, Here you go. Now she's going to be a you problem. So, I mean, it, it, I couldn't have played it out better in the story if I could do it no. myself. But when we were talking about podcast ideas, we ultimately talked both a little bit about just youth trauma and this podcast in general. And we decided to make this one, and by we, I mean me, a little bit about mental health. And then we talked a little about about parent loss. And so that's something that I've never experienced. And so Whitney is gracious enough to kind of open up and give us a little insight into what she had experienced. And so Whitney, if you don't mind going into a little bit about just kind of growing up the parental loss and kind of how that has formed you thus far as an adult. Okay. So my parents had me. Right after I graduated high school, my mom got pregnant at 17. Yeah, my mom was, oh, I can't say that. My mom listened to this podcast, so she'll beat me if I tell. Okay. We won't say how, well, never mind, I already said how old them. So you can figure out how old my mother is. Um, so they had me, you know, and then they were really young. Um, my, her and my father married. Um, they had me, had my sister divorced. Um he, I, you know, it's not really, you know, he was never really around. Um, his parents helped raise me, helped my mom raise me. You know, for the most part, my mom was a single mom. She did get remarried at one point and he was very abusive and they divorced. And, you know, my dad, most of my life has been in and out of addiction, um, pretty bad. And then when I was a little bit older, college, my mom ended up getting remarried to, Gary, who I they considered always considered my dad. Actually, today was their anniversary, and um, I we you know he became like my father. Um, you know that thing. I, you know I'd never really had um, him and her grew up together. They were each other's like first kiss in preschool under the desk. Got in trouble. Oh, they got in trouble at school, and. Um, you know, so he they were together. I, you know, I was a little bit older. And so for me, it was a little bit of an adjustment to have that kind of figure. But I, you know, I, did, I never knew what I was missing until I realized I, you know, until I had it. And then I was like, okay, this is, you know, it always just been women. And um, later in, on, he became sick. He had liver issues from that he'd been born with and they progressed. And he eventually, um, while well, I was, well, I was in law school, I believe, okay, be gone, put on a transport list for a liver. Um, we waited, it was test constantly. Um, I would drive from Northern Kentucky to Winchester to pick him up and take him to Louisville a few times. And we would sit there and, te- you know, I would do classes in the transplant center, uh, like the hospital, drive him back to Winchester a few times and then drive back to Northern Kentucky. Um, and then the week before the world entire world shut down, um, and I was my spring semester of my second year of law school. Um, he was finally had finally gotten the call for the transplant, and unfortunately, during the surgeries when he passed away. I feel like that's so like eerily similar to my grandmother's story. So my grandmother got a uh, lung transplant and she, we waited forever and ever and ever. And she ended up getting a lung transplant. And I remember driving to the hospital and sleeping in the hospital floor and she made it through. And then she made it 
the next day we talked to her like one last time and then I left because I had slept on the floor and I stunk like absolute oh yeah derriere and then they called us and said you've got to come back that's not I remember I had actually it was a it was a Sunday night it was March 1st and I had actually just left Winchester with mom and him because I would come down every weekend and on Friday nights after class, me and him would go to DJ's in Winchester. We would get a few drinks, just me and him, talk, rant, vent about the week, vent about whatever problems it was having. You know, he would, whatever I had, he'll pep talk me. We would take out and go hang out every Friday night. And so it was that Sunday. I barely just made it back up to Northern Kentucky in my apartment. I got in bed and mom called. And was like, it's time. And I, I beat them to Louisville. I don't know how I didn't like kill myself. And I remember sitting, you know, we sat there all night. I remember the whole night. We watched me and him watch Bob's Burgers. Mom went outside and smoked like a freight train because she was a nervous wreck. Oh, yeah. And then the next morning was the surgery. I, you know, I remember everything, but every, I remember almost every single detail about that day. Yeah. I think that. The hardest part was the waiting part, was waiting to see would she recognize people if we woke, like when she woke up, like what, because you're, I mean, if you think about it, you're, I mean, you're actually putting like a whole other part into yeah. their body and you have, there's so many factors that have to fall into place and I feel like more often than not, maybe they don't and it's hard to know those statistics. But yeah. as far as like positive memories about being what like, when did you notice, like, okay, he's here to stay. This is a positive role model in my youth. Like, was there, like, a moment where you're like, okay, like, this, I can get used to this. Or, you know, he might be sticking around for a little bit. So, I remember the first time when my mom reconnected. Um, I drove her. We drove and met him at the rest area in the Mountain Parkway. And I had, had a test the next morning. And I was so mad. But mom, like. Mom asked, and I was like, all right, whatever, I'll give in. And I remember I just gave him like the God's awfulest death glare the whole freaking night. Like, actually, it is in his, whenever I read the, you know, whatever it was, I read at his funeral or wrote, uh, that was like the one thing I was like, God, this idiot. Like, I'm like staring. I'm like, listen, I've got to go. Like, I've got things to do. Like, and then he just kept showing up. And, um, he just, I don't know. It was just like showed up one day and like a little lost puppy and then just never left. What age was that? Do you remember? It was 21, maybe 20. So you're like old enough to like fully. Yeah. What's going I was 20. I, yeah. I was, I mean, I was still in college. Um, I hadn't graduated because, you know, he was there for my college graduation. He was there for my tonsils getting taken out, my wisdom teeth, all that. So I bet that's good. Oh, yeah, he hated it. It's a wonder that they didn't call the cops on him with that. <laughs> he cracked me in the hotel that day. Yeah, they probably thought he was trying to kill him. Oh, they did because I was, like, crying. I thought this man was just stolen this woman. But he showed up and then just never left. And, you know, he never, he didn't have any kids of his own. Yeah. So he treated me and Allison like, I mean, he never, it was never stepdaughter, never this, that. It was, these are my daughters. These are, this is it. So what do you think the biggest, like, blow after losing him? I mean, because you had to know there was a little bit of risk going into it. Obviously, you don't over Yeah. But you have to, 
I mean, you know how intelligent you are. You're probably thinking, like, it's going to go one of – you can either yeah. go one of two I, ways. Like, obviously, I was nervous. And, like, I remember that night, not, like, before they took him, finally took him back. To, you know, the last time we got to see him, me and him were sitting there. We're watching the new episode of Bob's Burgers. Um, and, you know, he's telling me, like, sending me emails. He's like, I'm going to send you these emails. Like, you know, this could go wrong. And I'm like, we're not going to talk about that. Like, that's, that's not an option. Like, it's not, like – and, you know, he's sending me emails like, this is, who, if something happens, this is who you call, this is what you say, this is where you get life insurance, this is where my job is, this is, like, passwords, like, sending me email, email, and I'm like, I'm 24, 20, I'm, what, 20 something, you know, well, it's been three years. I was You're 20, you know, I was like 20, I was like 20, 27, like, it was my midterms. I had midterms, literally the next day I was supposed to take two law school midterms. And I'm like, no, I don't have time for this. Like, you're you're full of it. Like, this isn't going to happen. Like, you're wasting your time. Let's not talk about this. Like, we're going to, I'm going to be, I'm like pissed at you because you're even talking about it. Like, we'll laugh about this tomorrow. And, um, you know, obviously that didn't, but then, I don't know, the biggest, you know, it was hard because, so he, they, it was like an eight, nine hour surgery and I made a sleep, I made me mom leave. And obviously they call they were sewing him up when everything happened. And, um, but it was, I think the harder, you know, one of the harder parts was that three, four days later, the entire world shut down. Yes. And so it went from amplifies all mental health. So it went from, you know, I'm living on Kentucky and then, you know, so my midterms fall break is supposed to be next week. During fall break, they're like, all right, we can't open back up. So I'm like, I'm moved. Essentially, you know, we go back back to Pike County. I'm, you know, doing all this stuff that I have no clue what I'm doing, you know, as far as insurance, things like that. You know, trying to be, trying to take care of my mom, trying to take my sister because trying to pay bills and figure out where everything is. And then the world shuts down and I'm like, okay, what do I do? And so I move, I literally just leave my apartment. I never went back to my apartment in Northern Kentucky. Oh my gosh, ever stayed not there after that. And move back with mom. And I think, you know, that was, you know, that made it 10 times worse. And just figuring out, okay, how do we go about life now? How do we figure out how to be okay? Who does this? What do I do in these times? Who do I call when I'm mad at my mom? Or yeah, when, when my headlights have gone out and I need somebody to tell me, you know, it was, what do I do? Yeah. It was, you know, and then not having that normalcy to go back to like you know typically when something happens you go back to your normal routine to kind of get out of that and then I didn't have that because you couldn't leave the house yeah so when from that time to what time did you enter our lovely palace of a neighborhood about and I say that because everyone in the neighborhood wants to vote Whitney for press school just out of Scarlet <laughs> just ask I'm still a from the Facebook um, they won't make me for crafting. So, March to, I think it was June. Well, because I know when I so, first met you, you were still, you had to do some sort of like crazy law school test, but like you couldn't even look down or they thought. Oh, that was my bar exam. Yeah. So, this was still, so it was. Because that would have been to, there in 2020. So, this would have been probably. This would have been June 2020 when I moved over there. And then because I took the bar 2021 back. 
So I met you. It was right before I took the bar. Yeah, because you were like studying. So I met you about like yourself. Like six months. I I moved in, I guess, June, and I met you almost 12 months later. That's just timeline-wise, because I knew you like and what that's not necessarily like first day conversation between people who meet in a driveway at work spill box of truth. Yes, but <laughs> I mean that I knew it was somewhat close in time when yeah. remember when you were like rushing to step like you were trying to study, like you couldn't look at your computer like yeah. COVID, like you could not look at the computer, they thought you were cheating. Like it was like I lost my mind on the people building the house across the street. I still don't know who they are and I should probably apologize, but well, they're they they've lived to see angry. They have lived to see another day. But yeah, no, that's a definitely a big, well, not only pivot for you, but pivot for, you also had other things going on that kind of amplify probably that situation as well. Yeah. Um, what would you say as far as overcoming the biggest obstacles? What has been like your biggest mental health win thus far? Realizing that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to talk about things. I'm still really bad about bottling up, but. Oh, I had to like cry it out of your dead soul. Honestly, this is probably the most I've ever, even to my, before with my therapist, this is probably the most I've ever talked about it. Um, but realizing it's okay to not be okay. And that you're not crazy for dealing with things and that sometimes it's okay just to break down and cry. Yes. Well, I also remember when you were going through another life transition and you were like I'm I'm just gonna if I don't want to talk about it I don't it'll go away and I'm like that's not how the world yeah. works like <laughs> yeah uh, and that's always been my thing it's just if I don't talk about it we have got to pivot into a better mindset because at this like this time and age nobody gives a flying you know what mm-hmm. if if you're divorced if you've got this you've got that because there's so many other people going through it yeah. so it's not I think the shame and stigma around mental health is probably the most pain in my like. It's the worst. And it comes to talking to my friends about things because, like, who gives a rip? I've been on, you know, I've been on medication for, at this point, the majority of my life. And it's always that, okay, well, you're terrible pregnant. It's a crutch. But it's not. It's no different than if I had high blood pressure or diabetes or anything else it's just you know it's just as serious and if that's what it takes to make me feel normal and sane and that's what it is and also coupled with the right things like medication and therapy together it's not like a crapshoot like yeah it can work it can help you process and nobody should shame anybody no and situation finding you know finding people that know that you're dealing with these things and people that don't judge you for it and you can talk to and that know to check in on you when you know, you're, you're being distant or they know they can recognize when you're having a moment and they can, you know, reach out and say, hey, let's let's pull it together. Put a big bone panties on. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And nobody, nobody should be judging anybody. What is one resource that you think you lacked as far as, well, obviously nobody is prepared for parental debt, but what is one resource that you think that you lacked when like going through that experience kind of overall? Like, I guess I had never even thought about like, Somebody setting up all the stuff, like here's with the life insurance, like all of that. Like you have to plan so yeah. many things. I mean, and I think it's a lot of lack of just even education. I mean, I had no idea, like, you know, and I, you know, I tried to do what I could do to keep mom from having to deal with it. And, you know, she didn't even know, she didn't even know, I don't, how much life insurance. I mean, like she thought he had like 
you know, she knew he had a lot of church, but nothing like what we had. And, but, you know, knowing how to do this, knowing how to get somebody's name off bank account, knowing how to like deal with planning a funeral, how to, yeah, nobody, you know, teaches you that. nobody teaches you like anything and um like, i remember there was what was it oh even like how to get death certificates to, like get rid of like get bills out of them like i remember like, i couldn't even pay my sister's car payment because her car and stuff wasn't like and i couldn't even like pay, hardly pay that because i was like what do i do and so the people do it you know calling him i'm like i'm like okay well he just died so what do you want me to do like call him and like up for, and like dig him up and be like hey can you sign this so do you have to like i guess provide one or do you just like pay like do they make you pivot to your name or so you know does we have to take i don't know i mean it seems like it took you know and i'm sure COVID definitely affected it but i feel like it took like six eight weeks to like, get that stuff so then it's just the time i'm like yelling at people and just been like okay well either you want money or you don't yeah um you know as far as like even utilities like internet like phone bills i was like you let me pay it you don't, I don't pay it. What are you going to do? Yeah. This is also too why, like, this is kind of a little bit of a side note, but I get up on a tangent on my friends. And you know, if you're listening, I'm talking about, because I've already you recently about it, of like having your living will and having your advanced directives and all these things. Yeah. It's the people who are prepared that it can also impact more. Because imagine had you not had any of that information that you, even you did have. Yeah. Before. But then I realized even how much I did. And, you know, I constantly grab and go, I'm like, you need a will, even if it's basic. And keep a, get a three-room binder, write down your passwords, write down your bank accounts, write down any little thing. Because he was 37, I mean, 38, you know, it it can happen to anyone at any time. I mean, yeah. and it's not that old. No. And, you know, like my stepmom passed away a few years ago and we had no clue. We couldn't even get into her phone. Because we didn't even know our password. You know, you, it's a really important. You never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good lesson. And that, to you know, they make these, like, if you can buy them on Amazon, it's like, if I die, binders. And they're, you know, it's kind of like a joke. That's a real thing. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's got all your passwords, your bank accounts. Um, you can put, like, the copies of stuff in it, you know. Oh, my husband, when that, when the, if I die, binders, you so just. But, no. I mean, you know. It, I mean, it's important because, you know, people have, couples have bank accounts, they have credit cards, they have all these things that sometimes you just don't think about. You know, one person pays all the utilities and they're in their name. How do you get access to it? Where are they? Yeah. Jay, Jason is definitely more primarily in like the bill organization realm. You know, it's hard to get into like all of that situation, but definitely have to lean on like a financial advisor or something for all the stuff yeah i just don't and most people don't have a financial advisor so they're on their own they're just sitting there just twiddling their thumbs like where do i even begin yeah that's, that's good um kind of looking at what kind of resources would you as far as like mental health goes would you recommend to like women or you if you are dealing with parental loss you know one thing that i went back and forth with that I never did and honestly still kind of wish I would have is doing some kind of group counseling, group therapy, um, because it's not, you know, it, it's nice to have support from people that have gone through what you've went through. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have, well, I can provide you all the empathy and guidance, but I don't have that same yeah. experience. 
Um, and, you know, for me too, journaling, writing down and because I, I, you know, like I said, I don't like talking to people about it. This is like, this is absolutely probably the most I've ever talked to about it, processed about it. And journaling, you know, finding what works for you. And it's not, it doesn't work. The same resources don't work for everybody. But, you know, definitely talking. Don't bottle it up. Don't, don't isolate. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Look I know. Hard. I know. My goodness, I could fall over. Well, you definitely kind of answered the resource couple world is lacking it. And y'all go get wills. It stresses me. Get a will. It's easy. Takes 10 minutes. I can do it on the Google. So if I can figure it out. Yeah. What would you say the most, what would you say you're most grateful for overall? Just kind of having all of these experiences, not only when you're younger, but I mean, even some in the last year or two that you've really overcome. Becoming more independent and not really caring what other people think as much, um, you know, but then also learning who you can rely on, who you can't. Yes. I like that you are on the independent kick. It does trust me out that you let those pumpkins dry rot in your front Listen, we're, I think we're going to carve pumpkins this week. The kids wanted to do it the other day. And I was like, well, it's too hot. But uh, it's pumpkin carving time. I mean, Yes. And then Christmas decorations that can stay up till March. Like when you yelled at me, literally forced me to take my, was it March? And you yelled. Being Whitney's, one of Whitney's best friends is great. Being one of Whitney's neighbors can cause you a myth. I'm like, Whitney, ma'am, these pumpkins are deader than dead. It is time. I have oh to my God. Whitney. They're frozen. We <laughs> don't live in section eight. Mow your yard. What was it? March? You literally shamed me into taking down my Christmas door signs. But it's, I believe. I, I love the Christmas thing, y'all. I am here for the Christmas. But like when it is 92 degrees outside, it is time to move. I also just realized like, your security camera is getting the real life footage of every bit of this. Well, <laughs> Randy's going to be, Randy's probably on his phone. It's red. He's probably sitting there watching this. That's okay. You know? Oh, God. He will be fine. See, I'm trying to think of all the good things. Oh, he's watching this. Oh, he is watching this. You crazy. Randy. I ask him what he's grateful for. What are you most grateful for, Randy? And we know it's not these fish because Lindsay went on a 20 minute rant about them. She has these fish that they put up their doors. I had no say in this. Randy. Oh, now now he's not watching. Like, yes. Um, I think going back, I got sidetracked by the fish and rain to be creepy, but going back, <laughs> I think that probably the biggest aha moment that I've had with you specifically was like you had already mentioned in the beginning. So I'm not letting count the fact that you did go through a divorce. Yeah. When, when all of that, is he talking through the camera? I'm scared. Uh, Maybe. Uh, when you kind of went through all of that, you were really hesitant in the beginning of what other people were going to think about it. Yeah. And I was like, who cares? They don't pay your bills. They don't come, like, do anything. Like, who, who they don't do anything. Who's going to shame me for yeah. this? And I think that's a societal thing. You know, especially, like, being an extreme, you, you get married, you don't get divorced. You deal with it. Now, he is talking through the camera now. Oh. <laughs> 
Y'all, we have a third guest on the podcast. Oh, all right. You said you're through the security camera. You said you're doing great. What a guy. Oh, my God. I'm so done with him. He's not. Oh, no, he's back. I'm going to turn the camera. I'm going to turn the camera off so that you can't watch us. I'm going to block the internet to that camera. Yeah, I'm going to have to go block him right now on the camera. <laughs> yes. No, I'm, I think it's a societal thing, but I remember looking at you and saying, like, one, nobody cares. Two, if they do care, they need to move on. And three, I, I heard a quote the other day that, like, it's like, well, you know, you hear those and they're like, it's really good. It's like, if you don't know me well enough to text me about it, then you don't know me well enough to talk about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I feel like it was the people that knew the least about my situation because, you know, it's the saying that you don't know what goes on behind closed doors is so true and you don't know it until you live it. Yeah. And then you have all the people that see all your pictures on social media and they think everything's honey dory and it's not. Yeah. I mean, mid divorce, we went. Like a vacation, and like the hat, you would have thought oh, we were the happiest. And meanwhile, I'm like going home and like, yeah. and you've got to be able to start winning. Nobody cares. Like, you've got to get out. You're yeah. not happy. Move on. And I promise you're not going to keel over and die. Yeah. You can't always say that. It took a lot. Eight <laughs> I mean, I think it what after I made this, it took me six months to still finally like put my foot down and be like, okay, this is this is it. Like, yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. And, you know, and there was obviously safety issues, but then mental health, like mentally, it was not good. Yeah. And my my happiness was more important than any marriage, anything else, what anybody else thought. Yeah. And I think people see the social, people want us to put our best foot forward on social media, but it's not always, mm-hmm. it's not always like that. No. I think that it's such a BS facade that kind of irritates me because I feel like people who are updating their statuses constantly about all their constant happiness. I'm like, you... Yeah. I don't have time to tell people how happy I am. No. Well... It would be as much in the moment, but like... And then everybody gets, ha- uh, you know, a part of the story, or they hear this from that person, and now he's turning the cameras back on, even though I turned it off. Andy, don't... Wait, you're supposed to be driving. This is a safety issue now, folks. This is a little creepy. We're, we're moving on to stalking at this point. But, um, no, I think that the people who were putting their input in were the people that you didn't give a rip about to begin with. Yeah, I did, you know, and it really makes you learn who's there for you and who's not. And, I mean, you drug me out of bed and we're like, all right, you're going to you're gonna get up, you're going to shower, you're going to do this. And maybe, you know, be okay. more vocal. You hate the same skirt. And it's- we're going to be more vocal about things. We don't have to hold things in and you don't have to. You don't have to put on a smile just for the sake of everybody else. No. And some days, even if you don't smile, that's okay, too. But as long as you don't sit there and waller for days and weeks and months and, like, you're allowed to decide, yeah. you're allowed to, you know, take that all and process it how you need. But it's not a forever thing. No. It's not. It, can, it comes to an end, and you look back, and, you know, it's only been a little over a year now, and I look back, and I'm like... One, I can't believe how, you know, how hard it was for me to do it. Because I'm like, I should have done that 20 times before. But at the same time, it's like, holy crap, like, that was a huge thing. And, you know, most people in the situation, you know, you know a lot about the situation. And it was more than just being unhappy. A lot of people don't make it out from that. Yeah, they don't. And it's. It's so toxic and it's so 
manipulative. And you saw part of it. I mean, you saw some of it live in your in your front yard. (laughs) Everything happens in the front yard, y'all. Like between, I've had a drunk driver come and knock. (laughs) I've had to say about my (laughs) van. Like, yeah, a woman down the street. Oh, in the past, I forgot about all that. Like, my driveway is toxicity. Oh, please. Please check. It's pretty much. I know. Like, I have police chases. I police draw guns. I'm, like, going out to throw the trash. I'm like, get out of the house. I got deranged men running through. Like, the night Jason fell backwards in the chair. Don't, don't live in a scary place. That's what. <laughs> Truth is told. That is where that is it. Good times can be sometimes. <laughs> or scary times when I'm trying not to get murdered. It's we always talk about like crazy things that happened in that neighborhood that don't happen. No, absolutely not. It's bizarre. But what would you tell somebody? What would you tell your younger self then if you were to meet her at the age of twenty one? What do you think you would tell her now? You don't know it all. Your mom knows a lot. God bless. I hope my mother never hears this because if I, if she does, I'm going to kill myself. My mom's right. My mother was right. She knows more. You know, every time she said something, she was right. And I didn't, at 21, I didn't know jack shit. Apologize. Sorry for that. But you don't. I know. But... 21, you don't know anything. Yes. And you think you know a lot, though. Not to care what other people think. Because, it, you know, at that age, it was always, what does everybody else think? How, you know, what's going to make the better impression on this and that? But what's the matter? Who cares? As long as you're happy, live, you know, enjoy that. And don't be so caught up in just... Making everyone else happy and forgetting to make your own self happy. I think if I could start over with new Whitney, whenever you were falling off the truly bicycle, go back and just sell. Not only are you going to get through it, but I'm proud of it before you. Because that was about the time things started. It like makes him want to cry. I know. (laughs) We're both going to be crying, but I was so proud of you and have been proud of you for just not dealing with the BS and you just pushed really hard through a lot of crap and it came so quick and it came great did when all we had to do was sit I would come home and she would be sitting in my front lawn with a plastic chair playing Shania Twain like I rolled up in a different I mean it was like <laughs> hey honey I'm home and she's two o'clock on a Monday because we didn't <laughs> we were all stuck yeah no I would tell her that I've got now you're going to make me cry. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when it all happened, I mean, from, you know, Gary to marriage, divorce, I mean, every bit of that was in less than a two-year span. Yeah. I mean, every bit of it within less than two years. That's exciting. She calls me every oh morning and we <laughs> complain all the way up. We've gotten boring. <laughs> That's the most stress we have, y'all, is this construction to kill us both. But I'm here for it. You know, honestly, if that's the most stress we have now, we're doing great. I know. Or we'll say, have you gone on the back road? Or she'll say, oh, I'm already in the office. I'm like, oh, you must be early. This stress, whether I took my laptop home or not. Yeah. That's the most exciting thing. So I would definitely say that I'm 
all came came a long way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what? I think you would say probably therapy is the the biggest resource as far as like what to do. Anything else, anywhere else that you recommend people to reach out if they're kind of having a hard time or you know reach out to your family, reach out to your friends. Um, you know it's. Everybody, you know, it's not, you don't have, you don't absolutely have to go to all these resources of therapy, groups, grief counseling, whatever it may be, but find you a good friend, find you, you know, somebody, it is, and honestly, that, I mean, you know, you know, Goodwill, I would have absolutely probably been locked up in a, in a jail or... (laughs) Or a mental institution by now. I mean, it had it not been for you. And I mean, you've got to find it's, you know, and that's what it is. It's finding what makes you happy and finding somebody that makes you happy. All the people that makes you happy. Like Randy, he's up here. If he didn't quit griefing. <laughs> I, I have turned that camera off no less than a dozen times in the past 10 minutes. I'm going to have to turn. I keep giving it the side Because you can tell when it turns red and he creeps. He's driving down the interstate listening to us. Randy, that's not safe. You can't do it. No, I'm going to turn it. I'm just going to, like, block him entirely. Well, I'm going to wrap it up and say that I love you. And I told you the last thing I tell you on here with the obsessed guy with you. But I think you've already done that for years. So, from the moment that my husband said she might need a friend was the moment that I was like. And Jason has still regretted it since day one. But I was like, I think I can be your friend. And once I realized she's not, like, some crazy friend. He thought he was going to just make us be casual and then. You know, y'all have some good Facebook work set up. God. So. He's the biggest pain in my high end. He's still meets for us. So. Right, so I didn't go pick his boogers at the red light. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I love you. I Thanks love you. Thanks for coming on. And we will chat soon.